You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Good evening. Bruce Brothers Podcast, episode number six. All right. Live six in the book. Hail Mary's and Royal Oak. Got a couple of special guests. As always, we're here doing it for the culture. Good beer, good people. Um, we'll get it started off by introducing our regulars real quick, and then we'll introduce our special guests. So we'll start here to the left with Brady. Good evening, everyone. I guess I'm a regular now, huh? Okay, that's pretty good. Much. Pretty good. All right. Let's get it started. I see you got some good beers on the table. Got some glasses here. This, this is going to be a good evening. like this all right. All right. Indeed. Indeed. Sasha. Uh, hi. I'm just really excited to see what's happening in this bottle. It's a good bottle. That is a good bottle. And I've not had it. Sasha, the, the, Thank you. the consistent lady of the group. Apparently the so. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. here. And you know what day it is, right? As always. Oh, it's always. Tuesday? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm pretty day? sure it's Wednesday. It's oh. Wednesday. So Wayne here checking in, everybody. And by default, Harry's Day. Every day is Harry's Day. Indeed. And with our special guest today, we're going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves at the end of the table. What's going on, guys? My name's Ken. I'm from the Better on Draft podcast, and I brought you guys an even specialer guest. Specialer, is that a word? Specialer is a word today. Just like hamburger, specialer is a word. I'm going to order a hamburger while we're here, too. And from, uh, well, he, he lives in the States, but he is from what brewery? I work for Two Ola. To Ul. Yes, Copenhagen, Denmark. Okay. And what kind of brewery is To Ul? We are a gypsy brewer, like a lot of other Danish uh, breweries, that uh, we, we brew at a few different locations. So if you don't know who To Ul is or what a gypsy brewer, what are other gypsy brewers from so McKellar Denmark? would probably be the most well-known, uh, but then there's a, there's a lot of, there's a few others, I guess. I want to say a lot of others, but uh, Amicolo does a lot of uh, gypsy brewing uh, uh, in the States, and the, the Evil Twin, so a, a tie to McKellar, does also a lot of uh, gypsy brewing. What brings you to Michigan? Coming to hang out and drink great beer. Actually, uh, Michigan is uh, number four on our best states of 2018. Really? So, uh, definitely selling a lot of uh, Tuola already. What is your top three? Um, California, New York, and Florida. Florida is the one that sneaks in. Not yeah. many people think oh, that Florida right. is. But the problem with or problem, the good thing about Florida, they'll drink a stout in the middle of the summer because oh, it never yeah, gets yeah. cool there. Like, yeah. you see a shotgun a thirteen percent stout, and like yeah, <laughs> Florida man. <laughs> so before, Watch out now, what's Florida wrong man. with that? There's, there's <laughs> not, not a damn thing. It's just a lot of other states still see um, stouts or big beers as seasonal, and like Florida does not care. <laughs> Welcome to All Michigan. Right. Well, we stouts year round. <laughs> What's crazy is is that next week I'm going to Phoenix and a friend of mine, Dan, uh, you guys may know him. He was one of the original hosts from Better On Draft. He sent me a photo that on the shelf you can buy a three-year vertical of four packs of KBS as if it was nothing. Whoa. Just laying Phoenix, on the shelf doing KBS, <laughs> yes. Everyone's like, mm. 
That's, we'll, we'll get back on that on the we'll second the part of the minute. I came a couple years ago in, in nice Las Vegas. Nice segue. Never, <laughs> KBS on shelves. And this is two years ago in Las Vegas, KBS on shelves. It's, it's crazy how we go stout crazy in this state. Yeah. It is a lot different than a lot of other states because, of course, West Coast, you're going for the West Coast IPAs. Right. East Coast, you're going for East Coast hoppy, fruity IPAs. Whereas, you know, kind of middle America where it's more blue collar, you're going towards the light lagers, the cream ales, the, you know, stuff that isn't too heavy. But in Michigan itself, just because the seasons, we have winter, you know, once a month or so, we have winter. Um, It makes it a little bit crazy. Now, in South Carolina, do you guys get a lot of Michigan beers? Uh, yes. Uh, so, actually, I have a few ties to Michigan when it comes oh, okay. to that. Uh, I, I worked for Founders, and I also worked for New Holland uh, in past lives, and, and both of which in the South Carolina market. So, uh, I, we definitely see that. We see Beat Actor. We see quite a bit of Michigan beers. Now, have you guys ever had Tool or any of the other uh, Gypsy Brewers? Your yeah. McKellar, your what? what what's your guys' opinion? I was actually looking forward to trying something. Right, right. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm sorry that I'm not doing it because I definitely have cases at the house that would have been put to good use right here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> You just come on over. Yeah, let's, let, let, let's, let, let's pause uh, this right now and just come down. Uh, I, I am a big fan of Mickler as well as um, Nowhere. Is Nowhere in particular? Nowhere in particular is uh, American. Yeah, right, right, right. So we, we actually had them on one of the episodes of Better on Draft. We that had the head brewer. That, really, um, that actually made me seek out their beer even more after you guys had them on. Will you also learn a little bit more with that episode what a gypsy brewer is and how you don't have a home brick-and-mortar brewery, which is crazy in my eyes because I would want to be able, like, in full control of the beer that I make. Right. And when I'm not in full control of the beer that I make because I'm using somebody else's system, somebody else's water, right. which yeah, is a right. big thing, is somebody else's water. It just it scares me. The interesting point they made was that how they have to go to a store and say, hey, we don't have a beer yet. But this is where we're brewing, and we need you to buy it. We need you to put it on the show. I don't have any to give you, but I need it on the show. Right. Now, now has Tool brewed in Mich- or not Michigan specific, but the U.S.? We have not. Uh, it's definitely in the plan. U.S. production is going to be uh, something that's uh, a little bit down the road. But uh, currently, we've only brewed beer. Uh, well, mainly brewed beer in Belgium and in uh, Denmark itself. Wow. Belgium and Denmark, so not yes. even in Germany or uh, the Netherlands or. I would. We, we have done a few ba- brews at Brewdog, um, but uh, I, main production is either Copenhagen or uh, uh, Belgium. What do you guys think about buying a beer that you could never go to a brewery to to buy it? Like that, that just it just seems I like think a we're weird all pretty adventurous, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, good beer. It's good beer. It's good beer. But it's interesting you say that. For example, you don't necessarily brew have a set of brewing in the states. So as a chemist, quality control and things like that is critical. Though. So how are you ensuring that you get the same best to back That makes great sense. Like, yeah, it's a great question because it will, we use uh, De Proof Brewery in, in, in Belgium and they, by far one of the best uh, like laboratories, uh, systems for just tracking everything. I mean, they can tell you down to what year the hop came from that you're wanting to use. It's They have a... 
don't quote me on this one, but a genome project, a, a really like cellular level project that, that's going on that uh, gets it all the way down to the yeast, to the, the hops, to everything that's going on in that beer, and they can be exact on all of that. One thing that Tor, owner of Tool, um, really prides himself on is that quality and that consistency, and, and also making really weird beers that you wouldn't think of would have that wanted consistency, and that's something that with working and teaming together with the brew, really, we, we do well with. So does that brewery cultivate their own yeast strains? Yes, okay. definitely. Like we, we can bring in yeast strains, but they would prefer to use what they have in-house. But we, we, we like to get weird. We bring in as much, and uh, we, 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 we here's the rule: we are always over the rule. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys say we can't do that, but can we? Like, <laughs> so what's the most bizarre issue you've run into in trying to? So did you say the most bizarre bizarre beer? issue? That you, oh well, now one of the most bizarre beers. So give me both. Okay. What kind of issues do you run into? Well, they kind of go hand in hand of brewing these weird beers with things that you don't really brew with, and then us saying, no, we really want to have that beer. And so that teams into we have a beer called Yolo Melt. Yolo, like Yolo once, yeah. and then Melt. We have a series, it's a milk stout series. And, uh, so this one has caviar and champagne yeast. You just gotta say something. <laughs> I thought we'd get through a whole show. Nope. With no, I'm, I'm not a fan of milk stuff. Right. Right. Like right, right. right. If there's one particular, <laughs> I know, I know. There's one particular milk stuff I don't like. I'm not gonna say I don't like them all because I haven't had them all. Right, there you but. go. <laughs> it's a unique one. Think kind of a oyster stout with the brininess that comes in right. from the caviar. But I mean, the only way you can really describe that beer is in Robin Leach's voice because it's uh, like. Will you do caviar. that for us, please? Uh, yeah, I'm just like, I can't do it. It's not gonna happen. Champagne yeast and caviar yeast. No, can't you? Can't you? Not you, can. She didn't ask you to do it. Not me. That was Not lovely, you. kid. No. We'll, we'll ask you to do Polish. We can get to the in the Red Bull section. We'll talk to you. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking of bringing a bowl for my beer just so, you know, open up the, the, the nose get of the beer. Right, right, yeah, right. exactly. Now, if you were Matt, we would believe it. Oh. <laughs> Shout out to Matt Bush and his renegades, wherever yeah, they are. Sure he's sipping on a diet burner somewhere, chasing it with a shandy. <laughs> ruby red ruby red <laughs> shiner ruby for sure so is this your first foray into michigan for tool or yes this is the first time i've uh, actually it's the first time i've ever been to detroit so i, I, I worked for Welcome. west coast michigan breweries but had never been into detroit before so definitely with tool and before that i've been uh, and where, where have you stopped so far, and where are you going for the rest of the week? All right, so I was in Ann Arbor yesterday. We did all Great of... It was, That's where we all right. it, was, it, was, it was lovely. We went around to... We probably hit uh, eight, ten different accounts yesterday. Uh, tried to drink a beer at all of them. Really enjoyed Holmes Brewing. Uh, yeah. That was, that was a fun the stop. The local favorite, uh, yeah. And then today, we probably hit another ten accounts here and around the Detroit area. And then tomorrow, I'm on the road again for another... And I, I, I don't know where tomorrow is going to take me. I would assume the other side of Detroit. <laughs> there, there is definitely a lot within the Metro Detroit area branching out into Washington too. Just so many great accounts, so many great places to pick up beer. 
Um, so we were just at eight degrees Play-Doh. Yes. Do they have those kinds of stores down in South Carolina? Um, they're going to be a little bit different. You're not seeing as many of the hybrid uh, kind of where you can buy on-premise. Or, I'm sorry. You can buy beer to go and buy a pint, which is starting to come more, but it's that's a developing style at hybrid um, on-premise, off-premise outlet. Because we, we were talking earlier, and north of you over in Charlotte, in yep. Noda, there's Salud, right. which is a really good, and it's a former Michigan person who right. owns that place. Jason is a giant Michigan fan. Yes, I went in there and saw a bunch of Michigan beer brewery stickers, and I'm like, oh, this is definitely going to be my kind of place. And I think that's definitely going to be uh, what's upcoming. And what's crazy is, is that, I don't know if you guys are aware, uh, but that's actually how I met Wayne. At Plato's, right? At eight degrees Plato's. Yeah. We were sitting at the bar. I'm sitting here. Uh, there's no camera here, so you can't see it. But you know, kind of, kind of where Brandon's sitting right now, and we just struck, stroke up a conversation. We both realized that we're into beer, but not too into beer. Right, yeah, that right. we're going to like, you know, go crazy about it. as much as we talk about that it. That was your introduction to the Bruce Brothers, right? That was my introduction yeah. to the Bruce Brothers. And now that I'm literally gone from every single beer group on Facebook, Sands Bruce Brothers, um, it, it, you know what? It was, and that's you know for me, it's great to see a camaraderie of people. And as much as you guys continue to grow, it's definitely more inclusive still. Yeah, it's not like there's different sects. Everyone's still part of the same Bruce Brothers mentality. Now, do you guys see that in different beer groups down in South Carolina? Or, you know, as a, uh, a sales manager of Tool, do you see that anywhere else where there's just, you know, where, how's, how big is Bruce Brothers? 700 plus. 700 plus. And it's, it's not really like a, a cross-sectional area. It's everyone's one for all, all for one. Oh, that's, that's really cool. It's, I can't say that I've seen, uh, normally they don't let... Uh, Brewery representatives, especially foreign brewery representatives, into uh, the cool groups. Uh. To be honest, I just kind of see if I can get in just by saying, "Can I get in? Can I get in? Can I get in?" You should try that. I, I definitely can. I, I, I will now. I, Be prepared though, because now when everyone hears a great beer from Two Ool, they're going to message you directly. Yep. And be like, hey, oh, it's coming. Uh -huh. I, I noticed uh, recently that the brewery put uh, anything dealing with the U.S. to email. It put my email address onto the website, and oh. so now all of a sudden it's like, "Hey, where can I get your beer in Scottsdale, Arizona?" I'm like, "No, I haven't had to get the contact with the wholesaler." It's it's a lot of fun now. I mean, there's multiple majority of my email fills up with, "Hey, where can I get your beer here?" How uh, how far are you into the United States? Like how many states? Thirty eight states. Thirty. Jesus. Yeah, we 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 pretty sizable footprint. We follow the Shelton Brothers portfolio, so it's uh, every state that they have a wholesaler partner in is where we're able to. I wouldn't say that every one of them regularly orders beer from us, but definitely. Um, but you can enter the market in thirty eight right. states. I can I can sell beer states. if somebody in you know any of those thirty eight states decides they want our beer, they can have it. How many are how many are you in this like country? Like, how many two old U.S. brand ambassadors, sales, etc., are in this country? I am the only employee outside of Copenhagen. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh okay. Let's say outside of Denmark, there might be uh, uh, there might be a few people that have left Copenhagen. But uh, yeah, my territory is North America, so just a small little territory that uh, it's. The guys in Denmark will sit there and, you know, like, oh, I'm traveling to the other side of uh, Denmark today. It'll take me four hours to get there. It's like, yeah, I have a nine-hour plane flight to get to the other side. <laughs> 
So you must have a hell of a travel budget for this. Oh, yeah, did, did you? I, I even still to this day, like, you won't see my monthly, like, spin, and I'm like, ooh, and, and it's, uh, and then I was submitted to the boss, and he's like, clearly you have 5,000 miles of territory. It's it's okay to do that. Where are we going to, uh, can we go to Prime and, Prime and Proper tomorrow night? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's my invite? Oh, man, you've been tagging along. Right, yeah. I'm in. I'm in. I, I heard about this place earlier. I didn't know about it, other, like the reference of, uh, I was riding around with Jenny and uh, with M4 and CIC, and she, she was like, that's probably the fanciest restaurant in uh, Detroit. Yeah. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's sell beer. Well, yeah, let me know what time the reservation is. I'll show up. All right. So what? what is your go-to non-to-ool beer? Ouch. Miller High Life, does that count? Oh, of course oh, it no. does. Oh. I'm sorry, you're going to have to leave. Come on. <laughs> if, if he likes it, it's a good beer. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> no, and that's definitely not what I would consider it. Good beer. It's just the beer that's normally that's your go-to. That when I get off of that expense account and have to pay for my own oh, beer, I like to spend that two dollars on a hot Matt Bush, So when you're on your expense account, shh, Tor, don't listen. No, uh, I, I really am a big fan of you know trying that local offering. But when I, when I have to go back to a craft beer, it's going back to Michigan, and I really love the All Day IPA from Founders. Kangaroo IPA, Kangaroo beer, solid. What, yep. what are you guys drinking down there? Because I see a lot of bottles, I see a lot of cans. Yeah, I've got, got an ill yes of double IPA from over at Drafting Table. They're doing some excellent work over there, and this is right up to par with the rest of the stuff they're doing. That that is a sneaky brewery. You need to get a chance to try. Yeah, I think. I was told that that one is definitely one that because it's draft know. only. You're not going to okay. be able to find it in bottles anywhere unless you go like on a, a beer release day for them. Right. But drafting table is probably one of the sneakiest, best breweries in yeah. the state for sure. Yep. Awesome. Um, Mark, Aaron, pump out some of the most amazing beers out there. Talking about the most solid beers. So <laughs> we're actually uh, looks like we're on Facebook Live right now, so uh, we can we can wave and say hello. <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, right. I, 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 I promised a friend real quick. I promised a friend real quick. Uh, we're drinking some Epic. Yes. Uh, did you guys, I think there's there's a bottle of Epic mm-hmm. down there that we're drinking. Yep. Um, I've got the Fruit Sour, the, the Cabernet. You've got, got the Triple. Mexican cake I have the Double Barrel Baptist, the Triple Barrel Baptist, and the Quad Barrel Baptist. The coconut coming through in the triple is amazing. It does. It really, really does. So I see that Westbrook down there. So I live in Charleston, South Carolina. So I got a cousin down there. Right so across, he, he makes sure that I get some good stuff from down that way. Right across uh, the bridge. comes up this way. Have you had any Charlestown fermentory? I have not. Can next time, up? yeah. Next time uh, he's sending up a beer load. Make sure he grabs you a couple. Of, there's the Sun Gazer from them. Okay. Uh, they're doing that hazy, trendy style. But oh man, they're doing. They're, some but I got a stuff. question for you. Process-wise, can you walk us through end to end what a what a gypsy brewing contract or, or session looks like? Sure. Um, well, that's uh, it's 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 different where you're at. Um, so this is going to start a whole another segue or tangent. Uh, but 
Before I worked with Tool, I was in Vietnam working for Pasteur Street Brewing Company, which is a craft brewery there. Uh, they had their own production facility in Ho Chi Minh, but also used a uh, contract facility in Ku Chi. Uh, and so that process would have been different than the process in Belgium, which would be different than the process here in the U.S. And so to kind of go through the one that I know best, uh, while I... Well, I see the beginning and end of the Belgian or the imported um, tool products. Um, I don't get to see the middle. Um, I do know that in Vietnam, one nice part about working with that brewery was our brewers, we, we would take the amount, we'd have a monthly or a quarterly plan of how much beer needed to be brewed. Um, and being overseas, it was all in liters. So if it was a 2,000 liter, a 4,000 liter, or even up to 10,000 liter batches, and then it would be, uh, you place that order, They, the brewery itself, the contract brewery, gets all of the ingredients. They go yeast, hops, grains, uh, anything except for things that may be proprietary to the brewery. Uh, and so then the proprietary item is issued in. They brew the ingredients in Vietnam. They did it with brewmaster and brew team sitting there every step of the way. While they might not be, you know, turning on the gas or pushing the button, they're sitting there going, "It's too early to push that button." Or and then we also with the Vietnam Vietnamese brewery that we had a person on site every day. So every day they were going into that facility. Taking the numbers, checking uh, the carbonation, checking the, that everything was going exactly to plan. And then during packaging, when it was ready to get racked off and come into packaging, again, the team would go back out there and stand. Packaging was a little bit easier that uh, they, they would allow the, the, the Pasteur Street staff to get fully involved with cleaning the kegs and uh, prepping the canning line. Uh, yeah, and then it would be, you would get checked uh, while going out of the gate with how many cases and kegs you had. They would count every single number, and then that's that's how you would be charged as the brewery uh, to the facility or the warehouse. Uh, a little bit different here in uh, the U.S. as it will be, each wholesaler would be able to come through and, all right, these two pallets are going to California, these two are going to Michigan, these two are going to Florida, and they would have their own trucking routes and that. That's interesting, um, and I would imagine that it that it kind of varies like based on where you are. So that's a very interesting to me, a very interesting way to do things. In in, in the U.S., there's a lot that while there's a lot more trust given into the contract facility, um, which we we and, and I would assume the same is in Europe, uh, particularly of just. Um, that they know how to brew damn good beer, so we don't need to babysit them nearly, uh, the brewers nearly as much. Uh, and, and I don't say that in a bad way. In Vietnam, they were brewing adjunct lagers. They weren't brewing a IPA or right. the, the other one that the Vietnamese was, was a passion fruit wheat beer. That was those were unheard of styles, and so that's why they need a little bit more of that day to day interaction. Here in the U.S., it's it's we'll be there for the first brew of a U.S. production, and then it's. All right, as long as it tastes somewhat similar or really close to this uh, at a consistency level, then it's, uh, it should do the trick. And so, that, and, and, and I think we touched on this a little bit earlier, but being a gypsy brewer, does that give you a bit more latitude in terms of creativity? It does. It, it really allows us not only to creativity within tour or 
Torres kind of released some of the reins to help allow me to come up with some of the beers or collaborations. But uh, it, it, you also get to see what that brewery is good for. If I'm using a brewery on the East Coast that's really good at making stouts, I'm going to go in there with stouts to brew. Right. If, if, if I'm going in on the West Coast of the brewery that's known for their sours, I'm going to go off on a sour. And it, it, it really allowed their you know, expertise to play. Yeah, we're, we're big fans of sours around these parts. No, we're not. <laughs> not at all. Well, that's, well, sour Wayne, Sour Brady. Tart, not sour. Let's get it right. <laughs> that's mainly the imported beer that we're bringing in is all either stout or sour. Uh, we're not bringing in any of our IPAs. We're not bringing in any of our better fresh beers. Because at minimum, uh, coming from Copenhagen or coming from Belgium, it's going to be 30 days in the water. And then could be 15-ish days worth of transport in country or you know stuck at customs or you know waiting on TTB approval while the government shut down those kind of things yeah. well it's crazy I'll, I'll be on the lookout for stouts that's all there you go it's crazy <laughs> that you say that though because uh, when we had at the Kunin Live episode of Better on Draft we had a person who lived in Japan that owned a Japan craft beer bar that specialized in American craft beer and they would bring in American craft beer, but it's not the stouts and stuff that they were crazy for. It's those West Coast IPAs that they were crewing for. And people were literally like, you, you talk about being on the water, trying to ship it in there. It takes a long time to get over there. And it's crazy to think, you know, especially for the West Coast IPA, where the bitter, the better. I drank all of those uh, old IPAs in Asia while I was there. So, like, I'm, I'm used to like, that style. Well, do, do you see, like, the malt for... Cause, <laughs> it did know, not sound good. Like, you know, some year and a half old zombie dust I could give you from mm, Reef Boys. Yum. Kid <laughs> doesn't like you very much, does he? <laughs> I don't like IPAs at all. The, the biggest one of that, like, I was in um, Bangkok, and they had all-day IPA. Again, I was told you guys earlier, that was one of my favorite beers, and it, I was like, sweet! I haven't had one of these in six, eight months, whatever it was at the time, and then I turned it over and noticed it was eight months old, and was like, no thank you. But they, when, when I worked for Founders, all-day IPA had a 150-day shelf life. When I was over there, I noticed that the shelf life was a year old, because they are used to the age on the beer. Having a fresh IPA is, is, is something that they may not even like. In that well, I, I think the bitterness is an American thing. I don't think it's 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 foreign to foreign not not Americans. Those who are in the the more drinking countries, your Belgium, your Germany, Ireland, England. Um, even when you get into bigger markets like uh, South Africa, you know you have these giant beer markets that are owned by the the big company Budweiser. They don't want bitter beer. They want something that's a little more sweet, a little bitter more biscuity. Beer commercial. <laughs> I, I, honestly, that's that's what it is. But it's yeah. not bitter because it's skunked. It's bitter because it's hopped as fuck. Right, right, right. right, right. Can we swear on this show? Fuck yeah. You just did. <laughs> I mean, I did. <laughs> I just didn't know if I needed to go and post and edit it. Why ask now? You know, why ask what? But, hey, I do have a story just to interject. Slightly off topic. But it's because of Denmark. And Harry's heard this story. Uh, my buddy James Lakes. Ah, yes. Used to play uh, professional basketball in Copenhagen. All right. For maybe uh, 12, 14 years, something around that. Anyway, he used to bring back all of the, at that time, you can only get high ABV beers from Europe. 
Right. You know, there were no high ABVs in the States. Yep. You know, so he used to bring those back. And he also introduced me to Scotch. Right. Which took me down a road that my wife is still <laughs> fussing about. And the short synopsis is, I got into craft beer thinking it was cheaper than my scotches. Little did I know how wrong I was. And, you know, my wife's not here and hopefully she won't listen to this episode. <laughs> but we've all heard the second seller story. Well, scotch and pension for uh, good beer brought Wayne and I together. And uh, we kind of been doing it in a long time. It's been a long time yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Too many years. Too yeah. many more than I care to count. How about that? What's I'm your uh, What's your non-beer? What's my non-beer? Yeah. What's your go-to alcoholic beverage? that's not beer. I drink a lot of gin. Okay. Oh, what's your favorite? What's my favorite gin? Uh, I mean, I, I'm gonna go with dry, a London dry, and I guess. I'm simple. I, I like I, I drink gin on ice, and and then maybe every now and then a splash of grapefruit juice. So it's it's that's what I've gone to, and that's it. that went really well in Vietnam because of the heat there, and that's yeah. and now I live in Charleston, South Carolina, so the heat again. It, it, <laughs> That's an amazing day at the beach. Is uh, yeah, a gin bunch is of my go-to in the summer, absolutely. Yep. Right, huh? it could be ice cold outside, and I'd still be drinking gin. <laughs> <laughs> if it's ice cold outside, so, I'm, I'm drinking something dark. Now I can't get behind barrel-aged gins. There is a I can't like, either. I yeah. love barrel-aged beers, but something about the change in a barrel-aged gin kind of gives it a. It takes it, the citrus flavor that I like out of gin. It just it, I don't know what to do with it. You drink it, that's what you do with it. Wait, which one are you talking about, Mark? You did have it. That's the one I gave her a sample of. Oh, that's that ball of fire you gave me? (laughs) Too much, too much. Uh -uh. It was was too much heat and not enough. I don't know, not heat. I I wanted the gin flavor. It probably is the most, to to date, and I've had quite a few spirits. It's probably the most unique spirit I've had. I, I don't know, man, that Hendrix Orbium. I really like that one. That's good. And that that's... No, all right, all right. Hendrix is a little, <laughs> a little tame for me. I like the bite in my well, the, and Hendrix tries, t- tends to mute that a little bit. Hendrix, on its own, doesn't taste like regular gin. It doesn't taste like a London Dry. It's right. a whole different thing. But they came out with this Orbium that's a different variant of their regular Hendrix and it's good it's not the same heat as the one that you gave me but I, that was a, too much for me to drink straight and then I don't know what to mix it with those barrel aged gins don't mix with anything don't mix for me it's too much my stunt liver is out of commission <laughs> cardboard straw be equal you know eco friendly cardboard straw it adds flavor to the flavor yeah dulls the flavor a little bit for sure now, what do we expect from Tool for the like twenty nineteen? Like, is Michigan going to be getting a lot more beers? Like, what is in the portfolio upcoming, or is it we still haven't contacted the brewer that we're going to deal with next month? Well, the the, the portfolio—that's the one fun thing about being a Gypsy brewer. And then, like, I really don't know until quarter of. Like, it's uh, right. I, I I know it's coming in for the next couple months, but it's. It, there's not a calendar like a lot of the U.S. breweries would have. Uh, so, but over the next few months, uh, we're, we're, we're looking at, uh, let's see, we haven't released many of the names. I'm sorry. I, 
You can give us styles if you know styles. Right. A fun, uh, cloudy uh, Berliner uh, should be coming through. So one, uh, maybe a pastry stout or two. Um, and then uh, a lot more of uh, the sour and funk that uh, uh, should be coming. Is, are, are you into the pastry stouts as much as it's been getting crazy up here with pastry stouts? I can't do it as much as I'd like to. I don't... I don't I know beer is sugar, but I don't like it when it's like added in sugar on sugar. Right. Uh, so it's, 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 it's to me, that's a personal preference. It has nothing to do with actual style of beer. It's just that, like overly sweet things normally are not my forte. I like bitter. I like uh, sour, and that's the way that I stick most of the time when I'm ordering my own beer or or high life. <laughs> there we go again. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the highlight. Oh, there is. Okay. What's wrong with it? Look, I just pulled up it, my, my, my uh, tool goes to Hollywood. Alright. It's not Miller Highlight, but I rated it a four. Alright. Would you rather have that or Miller Highlight? Oh, it definitely goes to Hollywood. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and we also have goes to Jamrock right now, um, which really? is going to be still the tropical fruits, uh, but then it's also going to have uh, rum chips that we soak in there. So it's uh, that's a fun variant. That, that goes style or goes to. Is that in your garage right now? Yeah, in your basement. Yes. It is. Yeah, like I do have a case okay. of that. Right here. We have some of those in Michigan, so we can get you a can of that before I go home. So. All right, definitely. Yeah. We can make that happen. But uh, that Ghost series is it goes to Hollywood. We have a goes to Jamrock. We have a goes to a word I can't pronounce with a lot of consonants, uh, way too many consonants <laughs> together. Uh, yeah. there's, it's, just, it's a fun series of, of, of kind of what we see as the style from that area. So it goes to Hollywood. It has, you know, uh, California oranges that we imported into Belgium simply to make that flavor of that beer. And then it's Jamaican rum that we use to soak the chum rum chips. It's, uh... Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Another one that I've given a So what I've been making it here. So that's not going to be here yet. Uh, so do we, we know you. Right, how yeah. can we well, get we it? Know you, so we're going to join our group. So remember how I said people will tag you? Right. They're cases of... Your assignment is to make sure he's on Brews Brothers. Michigan. Get him on the So it's not made in the U.S. It's imported version, but there are cases of it I was selling it today so you guys will see quite a bit more popping up around market but also um, I might be able to hook you guys you you know what I'll do you know what I'll do I will contact Jack Zatuna over at Zatuna Liquor on Rochester Road just south of M59 cheap plug for my sponsor Hey, he helps pay for my hosting for my website, which also hosts your guys' yeah. show. Oh, okay. well then, you know what, yeah, we can oh, yeah. Yeah. Plug in one more time there, Ken. That's at Zatuna Liquor on Rochester Road, just south of uh, M59 in Rochester Hills. Go say hi to Jack Zatuna over there. I mean, Got some great beer, hopefully some Tool that he can get off the shelf, including the Gozas. Uh, do you guys brew those Gozas in the same brewery, or is it different breweries every time? No, so that's... Um, Majority of our imported beer is all going to be coming out of Depoop. Like that is out of what? Depoop Brewing, like that's that's our main contract facility that for our imported beer. So whether it is the sour beer, whether it's a dangerously close to stupid double IPA or a stout, it's all coming out of Depoop. 
which the proof has their own brand uh, that you, know, you can get in the U.S. as well, and they do. They did a lot of McKellar, and they've done some other breweries as well. So, so all the beers that come to America from Tuul come from the proof. I would say ninety nine percent of them, because we also have the brewery in Copenhagen, which is too old CPH, short for Copenhagen. But um, there are some beers that are coming directly out of that. So if you want a lot of the gypsy brewing portion of Tool, you need to go to Europe. You need to go to Denmark. Right. I mean that's that's when we will post up and do a barrel here. A batch here, a batch there, a batch. I mean, it's now, tap room there. We have a tap room in um, Copenhagen. What's well, it's more of a restaurant and a spot, but it's all our beer. We also have uh, keg cocktails. We have uh, a Michelin star chef, so the food is amazing as well. Now, before we kind of head off, because uh, obviously there's a lot to talk about, and we're going to give you guys a show back. Um, <laughs> One of the things I wanted to ask, because you were founders. talking about it earlier. What was that, Wayne? You hang out and talk about founders. Uh, you can talk to him more. I'm just, I'm just, you know, making sure we're not hijacking too much. I'm sure you have moved from founders, so I know, like, pre-San Miguel founders. Oh. So, you, you know, the, the previous life when they were craft beer. I was sales rep number 30 with founders, so, or sales team number 30. You were talking about how Tool is no longer barrel-aging beers. Yes. Now, that is a foreign concept to us because just about every beer gets barrel aged yeah, here in Michigan. Look, I just had the double, triple, and quadruple. <laughs> yeah, especially with Epic here. It, it, it's, not, it's not no more barrel aging by choice. It's, it's to prove so the main contract facility just decided that they're not going to enter into um, any more barreling uh, for whatever reason they may have. So we, we accepted that, and that's where we added the, uh, the chips. Uh, so we have rum soap, we have bourbon soap. But with U.S. production uh, for tool very close in the, in the sites, that uh, all of a sudden barrel aging completely comes back into. And it's even... Even Tor in, in, in Copenhagen and around the world. Who is Tor? You've, you've mentioned Tor twice. The owner of okay. Tor. Sorry. Uh, no worries. Uh, I'm sure people would want to know. Or right. he would want to know that. You know. Yes. He, so he's our co-founder, owner, and visionary. A lot of the different beers are coming out of uh, his mind. Uh, but and So he, he's excited about the, the, the possibility that we can start barrel aging again. It's, it's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, to, one, to have, you know, we are a gypsy brewery, but to have beer produced in the U.S. that's getting sent back to home, that's, that's going to be a fun one. Well, uh, Brandon, thank you so much for uh, joining the Brews Brothers. I'm, I, I appreciate you making the time. Obviously, it's better on draft. I appreciate getting you uh, at least on and uh, talking to us. Do you guys have any more questions for Brandon? No, I do. I have a question. What time are we cool. going to dinner tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was my first question. <laughs> <laughs> what time is dinner tomorrow? Well, I have an event tomorrow night, so it's going to have to be late. It'll be last call at uh, but we can still make it, right? You guys, you guys are down for it. Yeah. All right, perfect. <laughs> Steaks, steak tastes just as good at 1 a.m. as it does at 8 p.m., right? And my question, my other question was, how do I get a hold of that hat, man? Where, where do I get one of those hats? Charleston. So we have the ties to Charleston. This is the the River Dogs, which is their minor league baseball team. Uh, okay. And, uh, okay. So they, and 
the short for Charleston is Holy City, and so this is the Holy City River Dogs. I will definitely put a yeah. call in. I, and they're actually a Yankees farm team. I just blew it. I'm not a Yankee guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the guy with the Yankees hat on. It's not a Yankee hat on. It's an AYB hat. Oh, sorry. Accent you buy. Okay. Got Anthony Temple right around the corner over here on the left. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Shout, 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 shout. Yes, indeed. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for coming out. Thank you very much for having me. And you know what? I also like that one ton of black current. Oh, one ton of black current. So, into the state coming a week or two is going to be one ton of pineapple, which oh, wow. I'm a big fan of sour pineapple beers. And so black currant, amazing. Just Wait, say tart and Grady might drink it. Yeah. Yeah. Say tart, not a sour. Tart. <laughs> You're losing me, man. You okay there, Grady? I am not okay. Pass the stout. Come on. That's the reaction I have when I taste a fresh devil dog is what you just gave me. <laughs> but hey. Right. Oh, not devil dog. Devil dancer. Oh, yeah, they're two yeah. different things. One's an oatmeal stout, one's a triple IPA. Yeah. We, we like the movie down the street. But we, but we definitely... Uh, we got some other things going on with the, with the latter. Right. Yes. Hey, yes. we definitely appreciate you coming out this yes, evening. Yes, thank you very much. And, and, and we're going to um, take a quick break. And we're going to come back in a couple minutes and, and pick up the conversation about an article we all talked about. New York Times article. So we'll pick that up in just a few. Uh, and we're out. Bruce Brothers, episode six, back live from L. Mary's in Royal Oak, Michigan, one of our favorite spots. And, Definitely. Uh, yeah, we just wrapped up our first segment um, talking with the good uh, people from Two Old Brewing. Very interesting segment. Um, we want to get into a couple of other things. Um, one of which is going to take a while, but Wayne brought up something on the break real quick uh, about the Alabama Clemson turnout and the subsequent <laughs> meal fit for a king oh, uh, at the uh, at the nation's capital. Well, I, I'll just say this: um, we have we're we're in, we're at El Mary's, and their burger has been voted one of the top twenty-five burgers in the country. Yes. So they've got a very good burger. Yeah. And Clemson did a, a fabulous job of knocking Alabama out, which nobody gave them a chance to win just the game. Them. But they just mastered them. I mean, it was like beating your kids. Yeah. You know, it was that yeah. bad. Um, but but to go to the White House and get a meal of fast food from various restaurants, I mean, what they had? A bunch of focafors? I'm sorry, focafors? And, and some filet fish sandwiches? Filet fish. Filet fish. And, you know, is that what you deserve after winning the national championship is four for balls. Isn't that just a regular meal when you're on a budget? Well, and not, not only that. I mean, you're talking about world-class athletes. This is not what these guys put into their bodies. I was listening to uh, one of my favorite sports commentators, Bobani Jones, and he was talking about how when these guys travel, they don't eat that kind of food. No. Because not that the schools care about what the kids eat, Coaches like to eat good food. So the coaches are not taking them to McDonald's. They're taking them to the best steakhouse in the city because they want to eat good. So these, you know, these guys are not feeding their, you know, feeding their... Uh, they were expecting steak and lobster. They should have been. They right. should have been. That's what At the White House? Yeah, these guys right. got, got multi-million dollar bodies, man. They're trying to you know, mm-hmm. go to the next level and all that sort of thing. And uh, to go to somewhere... The status of the White House. Right. 
uh, only to be welcomed by the most famous Pass house in our country. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> so you guys not gonna give him credit for paying for it? He did pay for it out of his own pocket. I could have paid for it. Out of his billionaire pocket. He probably had a Groupon. So, yeah, I agree that that was... Uh, and, and there are some people that are that have been commentating that people are making a bigger deal out of it than it is. I don't know if it's a big deal, but it's a conversation. It's worth noting uh, that I certainly would not treat a world-class athlete dining at my house to McDonald's or Burger King or Wendy's or whatever the case might be. It was all of the above. It was all of the above, right? right. right. No, they have board and yeah. fast food. Yeah. Like, yeah. And they're going to love these burgers. Yeah. <laughs> I think what made it even worse is that uh, it was a rush job. Now, now, who's that shot? Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, who's that speaking? That's a new voice. New, it is a new voice to the podcast. Rico in the house, What's your name? What's your name? Name and number. I'm Rico. The number two, the number one right here. All right. All right, all right. All right. Smart man. Good. Right. Good move, Ronnie good point. Move. The Ronnie's won't be homemade, though. <laughs> usually, usually, like, when a when, uh, national championship team goes to the White House, it's maybe, like, you know, a couple of months after they've uh, won. Yes, yeah, a really quick turnaround. And so this was, like, a quick turnaround because he was bored. They had nothing to do. Say, bring Bring them on up. Right. And everybody else has been turning him down. Yeah. He's glad to have somebody have some company, man. Everybody else keeps saying I'm not going. So But there are any number of caterers in DC that would have been able to handle that. I mean And probably would have done it pro bono just for the pub, just for the advertising. Um Well I know they tried to say that the players asked for McDonald's and all that stuff. Come on, man. I don't care what <laughs> I'm just saying what the people say. My kids, that. since they've been able to speak, know the difference between asking for Benny Hanna's yeah. or Steak and Lobster yeah. or Wendy's and Burger. Yeah, I agree. I'm just and if you've, you ever, if you've ever seen the training table at a Division One school, let alone a national championship level Division One school, there's not a McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King rapper to be found. That's not what these guys are used to eat. Um, but anyway, I, I don't want to spend too much time on that because I don't want this to turn into a, a political thing. I, I, I would imagine that people on both sides of the aisle can see the absurdity in that. Um, but what I do want to spend some time on, yesterday or the day before, um, there was an article posted on the Bruce Brothers page regarding diversity in craft beer. And, um, Mark posted that. Yeah, shout to Mark. Uh, for posting that and it started some really interesting conversation and actually that very subject is one of the things um, that spurred our podcast from jumping off um, was us holding that kind of touching on that conversation when we were hosting uh, when we were hosted by Ken uh, on Better On Draft and so the conversation led to us talking about what's been going on locally with founders um, for those that are not familiar with what's going on there's a racial discrimination case that's currently in litigation uh, between founders and a former employee. Um, and the details of the case can be found in an article that I posted actually in the uh, in the feed of that same uh, feed where, where it's supposed to be New York Times article. So, well, here, before we get back on founders, which we've touched on them a couple yeah. times, yeah. Let's, let's, let's really get more into the uh, specifics of the article. 
and, and, and just, you know, I, I think the title was uh, Breweries Are Reaching Out to Non-White Beer, okay, Craft Beer Looks Beyond Young White Dudes with Beards, and I guess that was the typical... For craft group consumption, and you know we, we know that that is typically uh, when we go to the different uh, releases or clubs, that is the demographic that's predominant. Uh, but but there were quite a few miscues in the article. One miscues even brought to the point to where they said this was a, a startup or you know it's kind of belittling. Yeah. Even what was going on with, with the brew fest that was put on in Pittsburgh. Fresh fest. Yeah. They were seeing them guys know exactly what they're doing. They're not curious. And, and, it's not a startup or a one-off. And, and to me, it kind of reminds, I think, and uh, where's Andrew on? He's not he's running somewhere. But well, we had a conversation with Andrew about privilege. And, and, and with privilege, Andrew you know, stated that he did not realize that what privilege was until we really had a conversation. You know, because it, it just, he didn't know what it was. He didn't understand it. Um, but he kind of brought it to his attention and showed some of the things that we go through as minorities in this country. And it's really kind of uh, ironic that we're in Royal Oak now. So I think Royal Oak is the town where DWB came to the forefront. And I don't remember the year, but there was a former mayor's son who got arrested and really brought to, to the forefront of driving while black. And it happened right here in Royal Oak. Put up for no reason other than being black driving down Main Street, which we're looking at right now. Right outside, yeah. But that's just something that, as a black male in this city, in this environment, in this country, you realize that it's just a part of life. It's going to happen, you know. And there are some things that other communities don't have to face and they don't really recognize because it's not part of their reality. Yeah, I mean, even when we talk about, you know, the talk when we talk to our sons about how to behave when they come in contact with law enforcement, it's a different conversation. Because um, we want them to make it home. We want them to make it home. And if something out of the way happens in between that initial contact. And making it home, we'll handle that on the back end. But I need you to make it home. And those are the kinds of conversations that not everybody has to have with their kids. And that's something that, as as black men, um, we have to have. And that I've, I've had I've had that conversation with my son at least six times since he was two years old. And he's what eight now? He's eight now. So I've, I've had to have a conversation. And those conversations have been brought about because of young black men being, young black unarmed men being killed by police. And so I can't have my son not know how to properly conduct himself or not know how to make it home when these situations arise. 
And so those are the kinds of things that we talk about when we talk about privilege. And kind of the misunderstanding is that privilege is a finger pointing or creating a, a, a straw man argument as to why some people are successful and some are not. When in fact it absolutely exists. Uh, and, and to be clear, fluid is privilege. I mean, uh, privilege is fluid. It doesn't only exist in the way we talk about white privilege or male privilege or heterosexual privilege. There are a number of different types of privilege that exist and they're fluid based on situation. And so those are the kinds of things that overflow into our everyday lives. So even when we talk about something as seemingly benign or mundane as drinking beer, it's something that we come in contact with. Now, Adam, what were your thoughts on the article? To be honest, I did not read the article. I've been backing away a little bit right now to try and uh, steal the temptations because I'm dry this month. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Mark, did you read the article? I didn't read the article. Uh, unfortunately, I was just uh, watching the uh, watching from the gallery. I mean, we've had this discussion since week week one. Um, I didn't read the article because of some of the comments that were being held there. But uh, it seemed like it was in line with what we've talked about. Now, now Mark, speaking of the comments, let, let me ask you this. Because one of the comments, and, and I forget who made it, he was just referring to, and he mentioned uh, something like, because you're a white man. Or, I, think, well, I think that guy was trying to talk Mark. Okay. Uh, now, no, 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 I, obviously... I, not, not someone that, 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 that I, I doubt he's part of Bruce Brothers, actually. No, he, 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 he's part of Bruce, I mean, that was in Bruce Brothers' name. But, but I guess my question is, is, is not that um, I think it was taken out of context, even when I replied to him, what do you mean? You know, and, and I thought he kind of took it as a step back, like he was confrontational, but I was really just seeking understanding on, hey, what did you mean by that comment? And, and, and I think that shows why it's just such a hot topic and, and you know, firecracker type of conversation. Because, you know, even in seeking understanding and seeking explanation, it was like he had to go to my uh, private message to say, hey man, I didn't mean anything, and, you know, relax and chill. And I was probably like, dude, chill. I'm not upset at all. I'm just trying to figure out exactly what you meant by it to get understanding. Why did you say that? Right. You know, and, you know, but it, it, it just goes to the tension that's around the country. And, and even going back, like we were talking about earlier, from even, you know, it's, it's coming, I think, a lot from the White House. Definitely in, in, in building a system where they don't need to be at. And also, people are afraid to even come from the conversation. Because the other thing we had, we had a lot of people who felt that they could not comment because of their ethnicity. And that's the environment that we strive to cultivate in Blues Brothers. Those topics are not off limits. In fact, those topics are encouraged because that's, that's what we're there for. Um, and I was I was actually disturbed, not disturbed. The comments that are right after actually in the article, if you go to the comments section, really kind of illustrate what we're talking about. Some of those comments are very tone deaf um, and really illustrate some of the attitudes that 
are prevalent, not only in craft beer, but in general, and have found their way into craft beer. There are people who were offended at the idea that a brewery might market directly to people of color. How dare they? You know, I'm white and I like beer. Well, that's great, but they're trying to expand their market. Unless it's malt liquor. Right, unless it's some stereotypical style or, or you know, things like that. Somebody had probably the same eyes. Somebody had a poor cohort of English and things like that. So, you know, again, that kind of, we're kind of still in that rut. Um, even in a, in a can, like I said, in a seemingly mundane or, or benign thing like craft beer. Um, and to kind of bring it home, so to speak, the whole deal with, with this founder's piece, and I haven't, I've been vocal about actually talking about the situation. I haven't been very vocal about the fact that I'm boycotting them. I am not purchasing their products. And my, the question in my head is, how effective is that boycott? Because it's not just me. I know at least 900 black men that are, that are also in this boycott. But my question is, how many allies do we really have in this? How many non-black people who know about what happened but are still choosing to purchase founders products? Now, a lot of, and I, and I get the explanation, a lot of what is going on in the case in the litigation is he said, she said, however, and I'm going to caution people because I know a lot of people get jarred by this word. I don't use the term, the N word, because it softens it. An employee at Founders referred to call a, or use the word nigger in front of, in a conversation with a black employee. When this black employee said, hey, don't, don't use, use that, that word, it makes me uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. Two seconds later, he reiterates and uses the word nigger again. These things happen. Should have been And that's my problem. He was, this, the individual, the offending party was not fired. He was written up. How do you not have a zero tolerance policy for that? Not only that, how do you not have a zero tolerance policy for that, how do you not make some sort of statement publicly stating that your company, that founder growing company, does not in any way, shape, or form endorse that sort of language, that sort of attitude, that sort of environment, and that is the source of my breakdown. So he never because said silence is complicit. So he never said he didn't say it. That particular part of, of the account, everybody admits happened. Everybody involved says that did indeed happen. As it stands right now, everything else is conjecture. Everything else that's in litigation is he said, she said. But that particular situation is documented and acknowledged by all parties involved that it happened. And that is egregious enough for me to say, you know what? If you don't have a zero tolerance policy about that, that says enough to me that you don't you don't need my one. No, no, you don't deserve one. As you know, I'm I've been on the boycott myself. Yeah. I'm not going to pour out my founder's beers that are in my cellar. Oh, absolutely not. No, I'm not burning my Nikes. Right. Right. But right. I, you know, any even to the point of any founder's post when I'm drinking them out of my cellar. I won't even share them on Brewer. Exactly. I'll check them in. I don't want I don't want them to get any recognition. Yeah. I'm just going to you know drink up the money that I spent. Yeah. But uh, until they confront the issue, 
until they address the issue, you know, especially, and like we talked about many times before, they're in predominantly black cities. And, and the representation and, and, and just the fact to say, hey, we don't have to address it, it's just ludicrous. It is. So we've been three months on since we originally had this conversation. Uh, have either you, Harry, or Wayne heard anything from uh, founders after that first palliative that they threw out there to you guys? No, I haven't. I've, I've, I've had some contact with them, but the conversations that we've had have not led, led to any action. And that's, I mean, we can, we can talk all day, um, but until something substantive happens, that talking takes no effort. Yeah. No, so you, you can set that stuff out there. It doesn't mean anything. Right. And that's what they just want to happen is everybody will forget about it eventually. Well, again, I know I know at least a thousand people that want And so, you know, but again, uh, my, my question becomes, those individuals that claim to be allies to communities of color, to people of color, but still support that messaging and still support companies that, whether intentionally or unintentionally, send that message, how much of an ally are you really? Because for me, and I, and I had a conversation in another group, and his point was, well, it's easy to mount that boycott and uh, not drink founders when there's so much other beer on. And my response was, if there were three three breweries in the world that I was reduced to to have to buy beer from, I'd be down to two. It doesn't matter how many there are. When I find out that one has that attitude or find out that one has been so inactive in addressing something that serious, they're off my list. I just, I can't, I can't do it. I won't do it. I agree 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question because the article, the New York Times article, kind of mentions that breweries are starting to focus on minority customers because sales are low, not because they want to. How does that make you guys feel? Like, should we not support them? As an afterthought, right? As, As an, an afterthought. afterthought. Exactly. And, and, and those are some of the points that I think were brought out also in terms of, you know, we enjoy beers no matter what our skin tones are. This group was, was put together based upon the love of craft brewers. And everybody in it has a affection for the other because we don't really get political. We don't get into it, you know, it doesn't matter. And we've always been very well diverse in terms of our, our representation. And it's never meant anything. And, and personally, I, I really appreciate and love that we are such a diverse group. But when these things come to light, it's like, you know, there is a big difference. And the article made me feel like an afterthought and say, you know, our sales are lacking. What should we do? And, and, and it's almost like, you, you know, in terms of being non-understanding, and, and I'll go back to the not understanding the white privilege moniker or the tone, because I don't think the writer meant some of the things that we interpreted as. Right, right. They just didn't know. They were speaking from their you own know, They were right. speaking from their perspective and thought that they were shedding light on that but what they said in such a demeaning manner, condescending, and condescending, it's like, wait a minute, 
know, I don't want to be an afterthought. I don't want to be, you know, and, and also brand and it kind of says, you know, wow, where can I spend my money and feel good about it? Because I want somebody that respects my dollar and, and I'm not an afterthought. Absolutely. And again, I mean, it, it kind of touches on the conversation of where people of color are on the manufacturing side or on the, on the business side because if you're looking at endearing yourself to people of color but you don't have any marketing expertise and you have the same people who traditionally have been brewing beer for these quote unquote young white guys with beards if you're looking to market in the same way it's not going to be successful if you're looking to market in a way where you are assuming what people of color may gravitate toward, you begin to do what a lot of these breweries are doing and bordering and kind of tap dancing on that line of cultural appropriation, where you're making beers with, you got these same bearded white guys with their picture with gold teeth on the label of a beer because you are mimicking hip hop culture. So at that point, now now we become a caricature as opposed to having someone, having people of color in your marketing department who, when, it, when, when those eyes see those kinds of things, they can pull your coattail and say, no, don't put this out. Like, like what, what was the brewery that put out the uh, Flint Bad Water yeah. about a year ago? Yeah, Remember that? Yeah, there, there was a brewery that made a beer called Flint Water. And not only is that offensive, people are dying in Flint, and that's not only offensive to people of color, that should be offensive to human beings in general. But even further, given the population of Flint, and the population that is mostly affected by that water in Flint, is that much more than me. If there were a water crisis in West Bloomfield, would people be making a beer, making light of West Bloomfield dirty water? I doubt it. One, the situation wouldn't have lasted that long in West Bloomfield. But two, that's not a community that people feel comfortable mimicking. And unfortunately, a community that looks like Flint does not enjoy that same privilege. Sasha, you look like you got some gears going in your head. I got nothing I want to say out loud. <laughs> I've always I really want to hear about, that. Well, right, no, right, right now I want to hear. <laughs> no, I talked about founders and I guess from a, a, the other side of it as someone who works for a large organization, I don't work for them, but it's not always easy to, um, we were talking about them having a, a, like a position of a diversity officer or someone to handle this. It's not always easy to hire someone and I don't know the structure of their organization, so I don't know if they can just hire someone. Now I do agree with you that they should have put a statement out and I don't know why they've not put a statement um, so I've looked at it and thought, well, maybe they're trying to get their stuff together, they're trying to find out how they can have this position, how they're going to hire and get it approved by the board. So I've given them the benefit of the doubt. I don't know how long I'm willing to do that. I'm, I'm also not buying their beer from the very early Um I don't know how long I'm willing to do that. And to your point, I agree that a position like that is not someone you just hire. Given that, this situation happened at the beginning of October, or almost in February. They've had time to get something. They've had some, they've had no. time to get somebody. They've had a position open since June. Allegedly. Allegedly. So um, so I, I agree with you. That's, that is something that you know that you take your time doing. 
Um, but again, by, by taking your time, I mean, performing your due diligence. But just as I stated with Wayne in our conversation on the last podcast, if they were bleeding money and they had a crisis in terms of a, of a financial officer, that financial officer would be fired and replaced quickly because bleeding money is important. Capital is important. So even if they didn't immediately hire a financial officer, they would hire a consultant. They would, they would have a stopgap until something was in place for them to stop hemorrhaging cash. And that just shows me exactly how far gone they are. Right. And they're not even thinking that this is important enough. There's no one in that room that's saying, hey, nobody who was being listened to. He's saying, hey, you guys need to get out in front of this. Hey, you need to say something. And There's the bottom, no one and the in a position. Line is being right, right. But it, then in terms of marketing, we've talked a little bit about marketing, specifically towards women. Um, many times I go to beer releases and I'm the only woman in the room. I am always the only black woman in the room. Um, but I, I still I don't feel like there needs to be any specific marketing towards me. Like, what are you going to say to me that is going to make me want to drink your beer? If it's not good, it's not good. I don't care what's on the label. I, you know, I don't care about that. So I'm curious to see what kinds of things we're going to come up with to try and grasp a large or grab a larger market. Yes. I, I mean, I'm not a marketing specialist, what do I know? But there's nothing that would make me say, oh, that speaks specifically to me as a black woman. I must have that beer. And any any more than I'm going to grab any other beer, that tastes good. Now, now, I'll just add this to piggyback. There may not be things that we can say, hey, I'm not a marketer. I don't know what will bring me into drinking it. But I definitely know some things that will turn me off. Yeah, right, right. You know, and, and so at the very least, there should be a team like you said, like, how come we can't get in front of this? How can we, you know, solve this issue so that we can keep the drinkers we do have, keep, you know, and, and I've got to think that it's making an impact. Because even though there's different parts of the country, like we talked about in the last episode, where KBS is still on the shelves, but, but to literally find a three-year vertical on the shelves, I don't think any brewer wants a three-year vertical on the shelves. It's not a good thing. <laughs> That's not a good look. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's unfortunate that we're having this conversation in 2019. Uh, in uh, this alleged post-racial society. Uh, but again, I mean, it kind of is what it is. And Sasha, I agree with you in that there's nothing that a, a brewery can do specifically in advertising that's going to make them buy their Like, and since we're talking about bottles, I'll use them as an example. None of their labels or anything else has, has spoken to me specifically as a black man. However, when a situation like this arises and they can't address it or won't address it, that is where my issue lies. Uh, and, and well, let's, let's move our finals for a minute. We're in Elmary, I'm in Royal Oak, and they had a beer rep that may still be here. I don't know, that was here, but there's a beer rep that was told of the Blues Brothers' presence. We're doing a podcast. And I just want to hear the thoughts of the group on if you're a beer representative and there's a group podcast going on right next to you, so you come say hello. And we got 25, 30 guests with us. What do you do, Chris? You come say hello. I guess it depends on if your sales are high or not. 
Right, maybe, maybe you feel like you're moving enough beer. Maybe you feel like you don't need, you know, any additional customers or clientele. Obviously, beer advocates. <laughs> I mean, Ruth Brothers Podcast. Yeah. You want to come say hello? Yeah. You know, that's... Yeah, it's, not, it's, not like we're not, it's not like we're inconspicuous. We're, we're in a little restaurant with microphones. You can't miss them. You can't miss them. <laughs> I got to play double advocate. Maybe he was just like Big Red in his office hours. Nine, nine, <laughs> nine to five. Good beat. Good beat. Okay. But Rico, we're here doing office hours. I have a question. I wonder if any of you guys had any other bad experiences other than kind of the founder situation. Because I had a situation over at uh, Atwater um, that wasn't too pleasing for my taste, so I no longer buy their beer. Um, when they had the Barrel Age Vanilla Java, uh, DJ, you know, got off work early, went up there, sat at the bar, told the guy, hey, I want to order this. He was like, all right, you're a little early, but when we pop the tap, we'll be the first one. This is what the bartender said. In my head, I'm like, there's no way they're about to give me the first glass out of the tap. Sad, but I knew it. So 3 o'clock came, and uh, they opened the tap, and I guess either one of the owners or something, he poured it. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, he was, he was here first. He looked at me, looked, and proceeded to hand the glass to a young, very attractive white woman who gave me the second glass. Oh, you were there? <laughs> and, I kid you not. and it's crazy because I kid you not, I was going to get a four-pack, I was going to get two glasses, but I literally drunk that, paid for my tab, and I've never been so. So there's no way, like, to me it's just... It's unreal, especially in 2018, 2019, to still kind of go through those situations. It's kind of crazy. And I mean, you know, and it's you're literally turning away money. If, I, if I'm somewhere where you're selling beer, I clearly have money to spend. If I come I to your release, I'm there for a reason. I'm not here to stand <laughs> right, right. I'm here to spend money. Hey, what's going on? Why are all these people in line? <laughs> right. I think I'll wait in line too. I'll figure out what's happening when I get to the front. I left work just, early. Don't tell my boss, but I yeah. left work early to try to get there to support. Yeah. And, and those sort of kind of microaggressions are what sour us or have sour me uh, on, on beer releases. Um, fortunately, I've had more good experiences than bad. Um, but I mean, I, we, we've been out and got, it looks like, what are y'all here yep. for? And, you know, kind of... Sometimes people will ask me, why am I there? Right, And I'm right. like, the same reason you're here. Same reason you're here. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, you know, those are the kinds of things that, as people of color, we face in the beer community. Um, and again, the beer community is a, it's a microcosm of society at large. Um, you know, people are still marginalized. So, again, I guess, I guess my, just back to my, my original question, really, I've come to a point where I, where I start to question who our allies really are. Like I said, I mean, I know, I know people that are aware of the situation that are still buying founders' products, and I'm not beating anybody over the head about it. Um, just like I know people who have 
chosen to boycott the NFL and those who have not. I'm not I don't criticize anyone's decision to do so. However, I'm also interested in knowing where people stand on this particular matter. Um, because if you don't if you don't think that that offense is egregious enough to stop giving them your money, then you and I probably have some other things that we are miles apart on in terms of common ground. And that's my larger concern. Like you thought that was a good dinner at the White House. <laughs> quite possibly. You gotta bring it back around. Right. Quite, quite possibly. Quite possibly. So, um, and, you know, and, and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to belabor the point. We can, we can move off of it if nobody else has anything to add. But like I said, I just, I want, I want Congress to know, and I've communicated this, this, this to them directly. This is not going away. It's not going to just fade away and. In a year, we're back to buying KBS and CBS and waiting on their newest releases. Because I'll be honest, I'm, I'm disappointed that I can't buy the barrel-aged Imperial stuff. We've been clamoring for that for years. For years, we've been saying, Bombership, barrel-aged Imperial stuff. And now that they're finally doing it in the Mothership series, I can't buy it. Just as an update, the epic rep has left. He's gone. He's gone. Uh, he was told a few times, I know, by the bartenders and a few of our members that we were here. And but the epic rep has left the building. So you know, if he had more pressing issues, however, if, if I'm a beer rep, I make it my business to go to a table full of people who are obviously drinking beer, who have twenty or thirty guests who are also drinking beer. Uh, and and if he only knew about Christian Seller, he would have came over here. Oh man, because Christian Seller is <laughs> And that, and also, they've got what, three or four beers on tap here. So to push that, you know, that product and things like that. But apparently, our group was not uh, worthy of such a, uh, a shout out. Mark, what did you do to him? <laughs> Don't think, did you get into it with the epic guy up here? No, they kind of put us in a dark corner here, though. <laughs> did they put us in a dark corner or did we make it a dark corner? <laughs> I'm not saying that's to influence the epic person, but uh, you never know. I, the one aside I wanted to make, and this is, a, this is a, in jest, I think that the uh, water in Rochester may be bad too, uh, because of uh, Rochester Mills. Yes. Is it we should talk about what we're drinking. We haven't talked about. What I was gonna say, yeah, we yeah. kind of segue out of that and talk about some of the stuff we got on the table. Um, I got, I got some Westbrook Mexican cakes in my glass, which generally not a fan of peppers in my beer. However, I like, I consistently like Westbrook um, doing this because it's pretty well balanced. Peppers are not overwhelming. Um, Cinnamon thick. Yeah, unlike uh, Wes, you know I love you to death, but I just can't do the mind over stuff. It's just too, it's too hot for me. I can't. Yeah, but I think Mexican cake is uh, is, is very well balanced. Probably the most well balanced beer of that sort. Wes, I love it. I like spicy. It's good though. Not a lot of pepper at all. Yes. Pepper on the end. Shout out to Wesley Outside. Yeah, our outside pimp, Wesley O'Leary. Wayne, what you working on over there? I'm actually working on this nice glass of water because. Uh, <laughs> are the bottles not floating around? The bottles are not floating. 
I don't know what's going on. You know, it, it, it's it's it, oh, we got it's some right. by coconut. <laughs> Wait, put that back up there. Did a rum barrel death by coconut just ease its way off? I'm trying the high. I guess I'm a petition to change the name of the group to H2O Brothers. It is more water on the table. More water on the table than the brews. And, and, and we, we got a group of Bruce Brothers behind us. We do. The, the anti-social clan over there. Yes, Samurai. Samurai. And Andrew and Brady. And all the anti-social clan over there. They're drinking beers, but we aren't drinking any beers. They're wondering what's going on. Where, where are the beers? We want to talk to you, Brady. Yeah, yeah. You bring know, that bottle what, with what you. What are you guys drinking? Bring that bottle with you. We got some wireless mics over here. Come talk for a second. We just want to know if you drank some of that. Grady, take that bottle from the neck. <laughs> no, we already did. I've been trying to drink this out. That's right. God forbid. Every year we so all the new beers for Brady's always on probation. We brought a nasty sour. Sing us a song. There's no song. Are we going to open this Rochester Mills milk stuff? I'm supposed to like it. 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 I'm not wrong. Not wrong. No sours. No sours. Take it off the table. Bro, you look like a host of a. Of a <laughs> I guess I'm bringing it. I agree with sours. I said I agree with sours. Like take it off the table. You gotta take it off the table. It's not. It's not it's drinkable. Oh shit! Well then, that means that's like coconut. That's the only one left. I feel like I'm. Wait, 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 wait. We got something in the corner over here. This guy's hitting that thing from the neck. Okay, so I should crack that beer. We'll have to replace it. I do just want to thank uh, Death by Coconut. L. Mary's for having Double Dunk on tap. Yeah, shout out to them. L. Mary's always has a... Uh, an amazing tap list. They keep it, uh, they keep it fresh. They rotate it pretty, uh, pretty regularly. So they are higher. So Christian, is that better than we had last time? Uh, I still prefer a bottle over draft. Uh, uh, I thought it was a little bit better than the last one. That one's true. The last one was like super cold. Besides, I've got three of these on my base. Still bottles over draft. Oh, we can pop that in. Unfortunately, I'm down to one because my uh, girlfriend found my cellar. I wasn't as good as uh, Wayne in hiding that. Hiding um, what? My cellar. Oh, my cellar. Yeah, it's not that big, but but she found it. But Why it's a are you hiding? Don't yeah. hide it. Well, not I she, uh, I so she drunk uh, a few of my double drunks. Yeah. And feel yeah. your double dunk? Your, birth, oh, your yeah. birthday beers. My birthday beers, yes. How many did you have? Uh, I started out with four. How many did she drink? Well, I have one left. You kept her after that? <laughs> well, we, we're going through talks right now. Okay. <laughs> She's definitely a keeper if you kept her after drinking three double dunks. What do you guys think of the samurai slipper? I liked it. Um, I mean, milk stouts are traditionally not as heavy as... You know, Russian Imperial hey, Stouts, which are my, my preference between the two. But I like the Samurai Slippers. It's good. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was, he smelled it pretty well. Yeah. Like, uh, very vanilla forward. Yep. But yep. not too... Uh, nice nose not, on it. Not too, not too much lactose. Not too much lactose. Yeah. How are we liking this Death by Coconut? I don't know. I don't know. It hasn't made it this way. 
who's slow poking with the death oh, rifle is just sitting on the table. We must get it down. That one's aged particularly well. <laughs> I might have some Brady for it. Wasn't me. Now, speaking of Brady, Brady Pours, uh, next month, does everybody know where we're at next month? We're at Rapport, right? No. Next month, we have an old Mason Anonymous meeting. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, the mothership. Are you going to? Old we'll, be, we'll be live broadcasting from the one and only Old Nation. I will keep be saying I'm going to do of the, like, I'm going to do less stuff, and so, like, I'll come next following month. Ah, I love Old Nation. So we finished up the Founders oh, Conversation, and here comes Werner strolling over here. We were summoning you. Oh, yeah. Where are you? But, but, yeah, next month, uh, I, I don't I don't know the date. Somebody can check the calendar. But the third Just Wednesday, the third Wednesday of February, we're going to call and convene an Old Nation Anonymous meeting at Old Nation in Williamston. I don't know what they've got planned for us. Uh, we've been in contact with Mark. Uh, they are very excited to have us. And we're excited um, to be here. We're excited <laughs> to go. And I mean, we have many, many Old Nation Anonymous <laughs> meetings on Rules Brothers. Yeah. And we can't wait to have. We actually have one meeting. It's just one perpetual. It's ongoing. Yeah. It's ongoing. Yeah. Because somebody hotel trip. rooms. Are they have the gavel never oh. drops. No. Will it be hotel rooms? I'm sure there are hotel rooms. It's a long ride, man. Yeah. Are they going to have the 843 strawberry on track? I'm sure there are. Oh, there is. Shots fired. Shots fired. Mark, you hear that? Shots fired. I'm sure there is by Allison. That's only like 20 minutes later. Well, it's dipping in the landscape. It doesn't count. Well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get all of that. We'll get all of that worked out. It's probably a Motel 6 or something. Well, I tell you, if, 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 if you're going to drink M43 strawberry, you might as well say it's And if your point is to sleep off too many beers, Motel 6 will be just fine. Um, but yeah, that's where we'll be. We're looking forward to Shout out to Motel 6. Shout out to Motel 6. M43 strawberry. Come on, Motel 6. Come on, Motel 6. Come on, Motel 6. You're mixing up, you know. That's not real. That's not real. That's the same umbrella company. Yeah. We're going to be drinking yeah. in 3 Strawberry. Definitely. And, and also, um, our next in-studio, we got some special things coming up. I won't, I won't reveal it, but we got some special stuff. You have more bread pudding? You're not requiring oh. me to cook, are you? No, no, we got gumbo or jambalaya yeah, or something. You owe me now. We got gumbo. Oh, yeah, I do owe you. you owe me now. <laughs> I do owe you. But we do, do have, want? we, we have uh, our co-founder, Bernard Jackson, will be in town. <laughs> oh, sure. So, yeah, yeah. so oh, we're going to have right. some... Culinary delights and ah, uh, apparently say. a gumbo cook-off. Uh, no, nah, we, we said it wasn't going to be competition. We would cook two different things. Well, whatever. We're going to have food. Oh, How about that? Competition. How much gumbo can you eat, though? How much can you make? A big pot of gumbo is... No, he said he didn't make gumbo. Now, Bernard, I don't know if I'm telling the truth. But I think he said he didn't do gumbo. But he would do cornbread. He would do some other stuff. Is that you what really I think? Y'all can work that out. You know. make gumbo? No, she don't make gumbo. <laughs> I got to keep that for myself. <laughs> I am. And I make a good gumbo. So, okay. I, I okay. will remind me. We'll, we'll need to see the video. We'll see the video. I'm not going to give a recipe. You will be reminded. No, it's February, not March. No, February is all nation. No, the end of the year. February. Oh, the end of the year. Keep up. I keep it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm going to slow down. You got to... 
slow down. What's After, that? What that song by Lucy? I think it was. That's before my time. Man. No, Me too. Shut the hell up. Shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember that one. I mean, Wayne's only 39, so. Alright, remind me, remind me. We will, so yeah, so that's a good song by uh, uh, in the next month. Patrice Russian, right? Oh, that's what me now. 23, 24. Yeah. <laughs> Grady, Grady has it on mine. I am sober tonight, man. I am a DD tonight. Okay. So really? I'll be responsible this evening. Cheers to that. Cheers, Cheers to responsibility. responsibility. Yes. Hey. Hey. Cheers to Sours. Cheers to Sours. Cheers to Sours. That shit is soaking you up right there, man. Sours. You drinking Sours tonight, Grady? No, buddy. It's straight up water. Sours is added. You know, I did have some Mexican cake, which is outstanding. I had some the Doors, which is really good, too. Andrew, give us some words of wisdom for tonight. Yeah, you've been you've been We haven't heard your melodious voice this evening. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Take me to your leader. You sure have a way with words. Uh, you want some milk, milkshake stout? That's my coconut. Well, actually, this milkshake stout was actually Andrew's suggestion. So I'm going I'm to I'm kill his coconut. And he said that this barrel aid one was was worth it. It was worth a shot. So All right. check it out. You're trying to turn me back to well, on to Rochester? I don't know, but this was Right, I don't know. That's a 13.5%, isn't it? Yeah, that's the only thing that's making me go, okay, I'll try that one. I'll get my tab. Have you had it? All right, Rico, what are your thoughts on that Rochester Mills? Is it exceptionally thin? All right, all right. I'm not going to ruin it. you got to try it. Okay. Harsh. How are you feeling about the Rochester Mills? I'm a bit like that. That's your thing. Grab the mic, Rick. Grab the mic. Don't worry about the mic past that beer back this time. It's like Rochester General. It looks really nice from the outside, but once you go there, it's kind of. Okay, Rico, thoughts on Rochester Mills? There's this little spiciness going on with it. But, uh. Yeah, that's the Wayne Bourbon Rinse right there. Is that that, the Bourbon Rinse getting it? It it definitely tastes like a Bourbon Rinse. Will you do it again, Rico? Like, my sandwiches aren't as high as sauce, so. <laughs> <laughs> so you pour it, you, you pour it, you So is that a yes? I have no Can problem. Can you pass that down this way, Sasha? Please. Thank you very much. That's not, not bad. I didn't mean to say not, not bad. No, oh, it's no. Now that is a glowing review coming from you. Not well, say but he's taking a second sip. Oh, wow. <laughs> she has such a defined palate. Yeah, and again, right. we're talking about the Rochester Mills experience. Biggest fanboy, you know. The, the, the it's boozy. From the Two James Barrel. Yeah. Okay. So it's brewery only. Let me try this. Brewery only. Okay. 13% we said. 13%. That's not from the 12 days? It's boozy and you can taste it. Hey, great. It doesn't have There's the same. It's not as thin. Oh, that's another one I've heard about. And there's no weird flavors. Like, the thing that gets me is when they when they make a, a milk stout and it's... Blueberry. Some, some brand. I just doesn't. I don't know. Doesn't work. The flavors always taste good. Andrew, I, I drink this. I, I would try. I yeah, drink this again. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Yeah. I thought it was right. really good, and I knew it would convert some of you guys. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what to convert. But, but we got we got one person saying. I like one beer. I like one beer from Rochesterville. So you're it. saying there's a chance? There's a chance. Right. Sometimes Andrew, it's a small victory, man. <laughs> There is that bourbon rinse presence there. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it's very, it's very heavy. It's the bourbon yeah. kind of thing. So yeah. do we have to set up a uh, field trip to Rochester Mill? Yeah. I have any left. I had a dog driving my quarterback, so... Yeah. I mean, maybe Sasha can help us out. I'm, I'm did, here. Did we say Todd? She's good with those people. Red beard. I'm trying to have him get one of the red uh, beard to me, maybe. Sasha, too, to drink beers out of going forward. Those little milk bottles. They were sold out of those. Those Aww. glasses are pretty cool. I'm sure one will land now, on the lap one day. We all know that Todd was waiting, <laughs> listening for Sasha to say his name. We don't have a bill. Oh, we don't. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Red beer. Sasha says your name. I Todd. Hey, Rico, you hear this going on? What's up, Todd? Hey, Todd, that wasn't Sasha. Oh, man. So, again, and before we, um, I know we're, we're running short on time. Um, I want to make sure that we give a shout out to Hail Marys. Um, Heather and crew are always, Justin, Justin and crew are always, always so hospitable. Also, shout out to the staff, but we're on the Times Oyster Bar side. And uh, shout out to their staff as well for taking care of us. Um, any any final notes as we move around the table, Wayne? Hey, I'm just looking forward to seeing everybody next month um, as we call and convene this Old Nation Anonymous meeting live in Williamson, Michigan, and I look forward to seeing everybody out there. So, quick question before we wrap up. I know we're, we're tight show on time. What is the beer of the night? Is it going to be the Oh, that's how it works. What's up? That one or that one? That one or that one? <laughs> the can or the bottle? I'm, I'm going to be real surprised by Rochester Mills. So we got really, really we got one it's more for that? It's not that I thought it was the best, but it is the one that was most surprising to me. So when that's I talk about surprising. surprising. All right, so then that sorrow was surprising. Not about the best. Yeah. That's by coconut. That's by coconut. Only right. You're already going with Sasha's Spice. So you're not being aggressive about the homes. Nobody's going with the double baptist? I'm going with the double baptist. Did it hurt your feelings? It does. Well, so which is the way here. I coconut enjoyed and the, it. And the West Virginia. It was way better than that. It was, it was really good. It was really good. Yeah. But it's coconut, man. Exactly. I probably, I probably and the rum go. just punches you in the face. It really does. I mean, I probably got to go with the Doubles Baptist, <laughs> maybe with a tie with the Mexican cake. Um, uh, Mexican cake is such a great beer. Here's your name, five it's beers. It's Delta Pity Great. You got nine beers. He's gonna name everything we drink tonight. Really? You know. Hey man, I'm going. Hey, I'm going and next up is, is that sour with that orange. Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, I didn't even taste the sour. So you shouldn't have. I'm no, wow, that makes me so much better. Hey, Wayne, Wayne's expression when he tasted it was enough to me. I'm good. We love Holmes though. No, we love Holmes. Right. It's right. That was the fridge. I love Holmes IPAs. Yes, well, and the King Cobra. And the King Cobra. Yes, indeed. Okay. I have to say that that uh, barrel-aged Doris that I had on tap was the best beer of the night. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll go with the Westbrook for what we're sharing. Oh, now we got silence, too. Right. Uh-oh. Right. Yes, who's got the next Right, beer of the night. Yeah, I, don't know. Have any. I didn't know we were going with on tap, but of course... We're gonna say on tap. I'm gonna say double dunk, but if not, I'm gonna go with the death by coconut. So double dunk is your vote. 
I mean, well, if we work on those tabs. It depends <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> on how we're going. Yeah. So, I did thoroughly enjoy that double dip, too. Right here. There you go. It's okay. That one, so, I'm probably going to have to find it. So are you, are you, are you changing your vote? <laughs> if, if we're going on tap. Yes. Yeah, see, we didn't know. I didn't know what you... We're not qualifying with tap versus bottom. We're just saying best beer. Double dunk. Double dunk. All right. All right. Andrew. Yes. What was your best, best beer tonight, tonight, Andrew? Westbrook. Westbrook, Westbrook Mexican game. case. All right. All right, good deal. There you have Westbrook it. Westbrook is the winner of the night here. Yeah, hey, the Westbrook is popular. It's good stuff. Like Westbrook barely edged off that sour. That yeah. yeah. It was like everything I wanted the buff, like the flying buffalo mole to be in the water. Yeah. I was like, no disrespect at all, but seriously. I mean, in Westbrook, again, yeah, it's, it's a consistently really good beer. It really is. Has been for years. Uh, shout to my cousin Calhoun for bringing it. He uh, man, he brings me a bottle every time he makes himself makes his way up here. So I appreciate that. Um, so with that, we're gonna go ahead and wind it down. Bruce Brothers episode six, broadcasting live from for the culture. For the culture, broadcasting live from uh, Ale Mary's and Tom's Oyster Bar. We will be in studio uh, in two weeks at Podcast Detroit. Thank you for everybody that came out to have dinner with us and hang out, and we'll be here for a little while longer. So, uh, again, I hope everyone enjoyed the episode, and we'll see you on the next time. Peace. Peace.